afternoon. It is Terry Woods and Mercator. And we are Texas Storytellers, brought to you by Woodlands Online. You can watch this show on Woodlands Online, our Roku channel, over the air at KVQTHD21. You can listen to this on woodlandsonline.com slash podcast or on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Or watch the video version on woodlandsonline.com. Mark, I, I understand we have a really, really important show today. Get out of here! No, I know that, Terry. Ladies and gentlemen, we have got, when, when Terry told me who our guests were today, I was really impressed after reading and uh, seeing what all they were uh, involved in and the people we're talking about we're going to introduce in just a second are uh, Susan Banky. I went on a website and I saw where Susan is a teacher of human rights, of human rights as an uh, academic, and I need to ask that young lady about that in a minute. Joshua. I don't know if this is true or not. It says with his rocket scientist degree, he now uses uh, uh, more than anything. He's a consultant. And I was wondering if there really is a rocket uh, scientist degree. But regardless, these people are involved right now in a book. Uh, Joshua's a great illustrator. He'll tell you about that in a little bit. I really like what I see. But they have just uh, created, uh, published, if you will, a book that is... Well, it's about cat land, and ladies and gentlemen, it is something that we all need. I think adults and everything, because it explains what democracy is and how it works, and it's uh, good for kids and uh, old people like myself. Uh, with no further ado, what say we uh, bring out uh, Let's do this. Uh, Susan and Joshua? If y'all will come to, <sighs> good to see you, people. Uh, Susan, you're right there, and uh, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and where you are, because these people, uh, they'd like to know that. Oh, they'll be so excited. Yeah. Um, hello, everyone, and I, first I want to just thank Tess and Mark for inviting us to be on the show. It's really terrific and, oh, and fun man. for us. It's our honor. So I grew up in, I grew up in New York City, but um, I live in Sydney, Australia, so the joke that I like to make is that I'm 15 hours ahead of you. It's actually 7 o'clock in the morning here. Um, and it's where, where you are, it's, um, it's uh, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, so I'm 15 hours ahead of you. I can't oh. really predict the future like you might think, I, I but, um, but it's the next day for me. Yeah, do we even want the world to keep revolving? That's what I don't know. It depends on her. I've seen several TV shows coming out of Sydney. Have I ever seen you on one of them? No, I'm, I'm not, not a television regular. Okay. What is the... Uh, your, uh, uh, a teacher of uh, didn't say civil rights, uh, human rights. What? What? Do you... Well, certainly civil rights are among those. But mm -hmm. I, I teach in a department of sociology at the University of Sydney here in Australia. Man. And part of that is I teach about human rights. It's not the only thing that I teach about, but I, I focus specifically on refugees and migrants. Mm -hmm. uh, my father was a refugee himself, and that's how I got interested in that sort of area of of human rights, and uh, I do research on that topic, and I teach on topics like that, and um, I'm very fortunate to have a job where I get to teach um, about something that I really, that I'm passionate about. Well, they're fortunate to have you. How long have you been in Australia? Not long enough to get the accent down. I, I no, I, I might. I can't really do it. If, 
Oh, there's, I got a couple of words I can say. Oh, put, put some shrimp on the bobby. Yeah, but I'm not bobby. really that good at it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, Josh, but I, um, I'm sorry. I've been there for 12 years. I was just going to answer your question. Cool. Uh, Josh, well, a little about yourself and uh, how you went from uh, rocket science into this great uh, artistry drawing you do. Yeah, thanks, uh, thanks everybody for having us. We're super excited to be uh, talking. Uh, you know, as you had mentioned, we're, we, I started out uh, as a, a rocket scientist uh, working with NASA, looking for life on Mars, actually, designing robots to look for life on Mars. So there's actually some really cool uh, NASA missions coming up right now to really do exactly what uh, I started out, you know, 20 some odd years ago. Uh, doing the design work for, and it's just now uh, wow. being launched out to, to Mars. So that's super exciting to see some of the work that I did, you know, as a fresh young uh, NASA pup 20 years ago, actually uh, heading out uh, into space now. Uh, but as you'd mentioned, it's been a, a little bit of a time since uh, I've done uh, NASA work. Uh, and so when, when I'm in Australia, uh, I do do some uh, business consulting work. So it's a lot more grounded uh, on the ground. We don't uh, look up uh, nearly as much, uh, you know, but it's uh, exciting in its own way in terms of uh, dealing with people uh, and so forth. But uh, like Susan, uh, in our spare time, uh, you know, several years ago, we came up with the idea of, you know, especially when we had uh, kids, you know, how can we make the world a better place? And we thought that, you know, maybe through a storytelling, it was, you know, such an engaging method, uh, you know, method of uh, reaching kids. Our kids love uh, stories and books. And we thought, you know, maybe, you know, if we had something uh, worthwhile to say, kind of that social justice message, you know, we could put it uh, into story form and use uh, Susan's talents at uh, storytelling. And, uh, you know, at least I can doodle around a bit and uh, get the, uh, you know, get the illustrations on the so, you know, that's really where that idea came from for long, getting involved. How long before the upcoming election did this happen? I mean, where were we uh, as a country, uh, politically speaking, at that time? When you said, wow, we need this Catland book or something like that. Yeah, well, you know, we, we had been, uh, this is our third book. And historically, you know, for the last two books, we had been putting out one book a year. And we had been trying to get those out for the holiday season. So, you know, the first book came out in November. The second book came out in November, actually just last year, 2019. Uh, but this book, as soon as we finished that uh, second book, we knew that we wanted to uh, really write a book that would be relevant to the election. We knew that, you know, regardless of what your beliefs are on the election, that it was something that, uh, you know, people were passionate about one way or the other. And, you know, we wanted uh, a book that would help, you know, put our views out and uh, speak to that passion. And so doing that, of course, meant a, a faster turnaround than getting it out by uh, kind of November. Get it out by November, too late, so to speak. Yeah. So, you know, we, we really started thinking about it uh, almost right away in January, February. But unfortunately, this is our way. We spent a lot of time thinking about it and didn't actually start acting on it until the last minute, which was around the, the May time frame. So it was a big uh, push to kind of really do all the work kind of in uh, May and June, uh, and then get uh, all of the kind of the layout and the publishing uh, kind of work done in July, early August. Okay. So, and then it's that's where that we Josh are right has, here. It's funny that jo Josh has that perspective. 
Oh, sorry. Oh, you're looking at me. No, I'm like. It's funny that Josh has that perspective because that's not when I started. Yours is all different. Yeah, my my version is different. Much much like almost every story that we tell as a husband and wife team. Yeah. My story is not the same as Josh's story. It was actually Josh that wanted a story that was about kind of a modern day version of the emperor has no clothes. Um, And... The, our, our collaboration is often that I write the first draft, I share it with him, he says, how will that fit into my idea of the way we'll draw it, and then, and then, and then we work, I think, quite beautifully and collaboratively, well, just so long as he admits that I'm right, when, whenever <laughs> we have a yes. you know, then really everything goes fine. No, but, um, so what happened is I started to write the text, I think back in February, and um, you know, I, I wanted it to be a rhyming book like our other two were. When I say rhyming, I'm always worried that people listening will think, oh, that means it's like a, a childish kid's book. These, I'm proud to say, are sophisticated rhymes, with really good, strong meter and rich vocabulary. But they are something that it's, and I hope you, you know, we'll, we'll get to hear it at the end. They're things that really the, they, they are appealing to, to, to listeners because you can hear the cadence of them. But it takes a while, of course, to craft a story like that, to get the rhymes right, to get the vocabulary right. And so when we originally wrote it, it was a broader story about bullying and the idea that we have to stand up for what's right. But Mark and Tess, as the year went on and COVID hit and we saw some of the things, the the ugliness and the division that were happening, we, we started to ground down and make the book more specific. Now, Josh started to do the hard work of illustrating around, I guess, May, but the the start of the book was a little bit prior to that. Now, uh, Josh is actually the Texan, so uh, he belongs in Texas Storytellers, as does his wife. Um, He he lives right around the corner in Shenandoah. Get real. You don't have to make stuff up, Terry. We're you know, he did, well, he does, and um, he's an artist in his own right. And, um, and Josh, uh, would you tell us a little bit about your, your family and um, the family business? Because I think it all ties into the book. Yeah, no, definitely so. Thank you for that. Yeah, so I've actually been, uh, you know, close by, grew up here in uh, Shenandoah. Uh, you know, so just a hop, skip, and a jump, uh, you know, for the last uh, 41 years, so just about, uh, you know, my entire uh, life. Uh, and that's actually still where my family uh, lives all the time. I kind of shuttle back and forth a little bit between Texas and Australia. Um, but, uh, you know, when I'm over here, you know, one of the things I like to help out with is, uh, you know, kind of the, the family business. So my mom uh, owns and operates, uh, you know, for the last 20-plus years, Uh, a great little gifted and talented school uh, here in the Woodlands uh, called uh, the Rubicon Academy. So, you know, they do a a whole bunch of uh, great stuff with uh, children, really engaging. Uh, You know, Miss Woods knows quite a bit. You know, they do a lot of uh, extracurricular activities, whether it's drama, whether it's going out into the community and helping people, musical instruments. You know, they've had really great success for like the robotics program, going to world competitions multiple times in a row and actually placing at the world level. So, you know, they've got a, a really nice program and, you know, I'm happy to often, uh, you know, go in there and help with some uh, artistic talents and, you know, make some uh, artistic uh, boards and, 
little uh, dioramas. And, you know, if you ever go in, you'll see a whole set of uh, all of the, the spacecraft that I made at one point kind of uh, actually placed around the planets for which they were uh, launched to go around. So you can see uh, very realistic models around uh, each of the planets in the solar system. So, you know, the school is set up uh, just like that. Joshua, I was, uh, you know, while you're mentioning that and the artwork and all, and, and Susan, if you don't mind, uh, could we see the trailer of the, uh, I don't know, about the book itself, the book, uh, in a way to kind of get people to know what the heck we're talking about here. Can we do that first right now? Sure, let's do that. Okay. Let's be honest. We are living through really troubling times. Wouldn't it be cool if there were a book that described those troubling times in a really engaging way and also had cats in it? And wouldn't it be cool if that book also somehow was hopeful and taught us that everyone can make a difference and also that cats can make a difference? Well, guess what? I am Susan and my partner is Josh and I have written that book and Josh has illustrated it. This is our third book together our books focus on social justice themes. Some people call them coffee table books, other people call them children's books. But this book in particular, this is a book for everyone who loves democracy. And of course, everyone who loves cats. The story is about a place called Catland. It begins thus. In Catland, there was an enormous machine, distinctive, complex, and quite hard to keep clean, with hundreds of levers, some creaky with rust, and thousands of buttons, some covered in dust. So the cats argue about their beloved machine, and then a big lion takes power and bullies anyone who challenges him. In the end, red and blue cats unite to pull the thread on the lion's mane and reveal the truth. It is in fact a hopeful book, one that urges everyone to exercise their democratic rights and get out and vote. The clock is counting down to the US elections and we believe that our book can make a difference. And it's done. Our book is ready in electronic form. But here's the thing, we want to print it and we want lots and lots of people to have their own copies. With your help, we can raise enough money to print the book on eco-friendly paper using eco-friendly inks. Your contributions will help us to send the book to many people who can promote the book and the idea behind it to a much broader audience. To help drive interest in the election, we are including in our rewards the ability to send a book or books directly to influencers at a low price. They will be sent the book along with a personalized note that says something like, Save Democracy pull the thread. The book has already been reviewed by award-winning authors and they've called it genius storytelling, a wonderful read with delightful illustrations, and a timely and significant story. I've now given you a taste of what the book is and why we want to print it and send it out far and wide. Anyone can make a difference. Post hashtag pull the thread and help us to get the book into as many hands and paws as possible. Thank you so much. Okay, the artwork was fascinating. Whose idea, again, was it about the cats? I mean, uh, in Catland? Uh, 
Susan, was that you? Well, I, I think I just came up with the idea of an animal that Josh hadn't drawn yet. And yeah. I think originally maybe I came up with it because I was thinking about fighting like cats. So I think that, that might have been That's why I came up with that. And then we just needed a, we needed something to oppose the cat, something that was different. Um, and then I love the way Josh put, put in, drew the cats I mean, this really lovely, creative way. They're quite unique-looking cats, I think. And that's the only reason I like them. You know, on your on the website, it said you said you're using cats, and everyone loves cats. Well, you're wrong there. But when I started watching Josh as he's drawing those things, I love, I like the cats, and just watching him do the uh, the pencil uh, I part love first that. Mm -hmm. in the way y'all videoed it, it was just beautiful. And also, remember, it's on Kickstarter, so they do have a message, and and, and they do want to promote that. So um, you can find Catland on Kickstarter, among others. And um, are you ready to hear the book? Uh, in just a second. More about the Kickstarter. By the way, uh, I just wanted to tell you all, I went on last night, Terry, and I bought your whole, your three, your earlier books uh, two earlier mm -hmm. books and the Catland, and uh, yes, we might uh, probably hear the book, and then I, I've got some questions. I know Terry does about it, and uh, anyway, we'll promote it to the office, uh, to the, to the office, uh, to the audience, and we will uh, have pictures shown as you're reading, if you don't mind. Uh, that could be Josh or I, Susan. I think Susan would be better, Josh, but don't uh, take any offense at that. Uh, I'm happy to read it. I just want to ask your forgiveness that I won't be looking at the screen because while I wrote the book, I actually don't have a copy of it yet. So I'll be reading it on the computer I screen. I got you. And by so, the way, folks, um, it's 7 o'clock close to it in Australia right now. So she's holding her voice down not to wake people up. There's 28 that's people right, in the room, That's right. I don't want to wake up my kids. So here goes. In Catland, there was an enormous machine. Distinctive, complex and quite hard to keep clean. With hundreds of levers, some creepy with rust, and thousands of buttons, some covered in dust. But still the machine was the best of inventions, and most cats adored it, despite imperfections. Its rules were intended to maintain fair play. Ideally, these rules would give all cats a say. But sharing the power was hard to get right. Quite often the cats found themselves in a fight. It's broken, it's rigged argued some of the cats. They swiped at each other and got into spats. Then one day, a big orange lion appeared with gold in his fur and his mane and his beard. He wanted attention. He wanted great fame. He wanted a kingdom to carry his name. He said to the cats, with me you'll be great. They gave him a crown, made him head of their state. He wanted control from the very first hour, but saw the machine was a check on his power. Your ugly contraption is broken, it's bad. To see all you felines revere it, so sad. But I'll solve your problems immediately. There's no one who fixes things better than me. He saw blinking dials and grabbed them and turned them. He found tiny buttons, not needed, and burned them. In no time, he nearly destroyed the machine, declaring each day that his own paws were clean. <clears throat> now some of the kittens and cats grew alarmed to see their machines so deliberately harmed. But some liked the lion's desire for change, although his approach was unkind and deranged. 
The lion had partners to drum up great fear, with mad tweeting birds and a fox in his ear. They bolstered his lies and his gossip and greed, and fragmented Catland cat by color and creed. The lion was nasty, but he was no fool. His horrible plan was divide them and rule. He favored the cats who just praise and agree and bully his challengers furiously. For hundreds of years, they had argued a bit on how the machine should stay healthy and fit. But now many cats turned ferocious and mean, with all pointing fingers, you broke the machine. Then sickness descended and many cats died. The doctors know nothing, the big lion cried. His actions robbed cats of their health and their dreams. So finally, a few cats, some red and some blue, although quite afraid what the lion might do, they banded together and, linking their arms, protested the damage, the hardship, the harms. The lion, he sharpened his frightening claws, not ready to pounce and grab cats in his jaws, but all stood together to save the machine, united and focused as you've ever seen. Now I will destroy you, the great lion said. And one of them noticed a long golden thread. They pulled and the mane disappeared from their eyes. The lion was only a rat in disguise. That rat cat had nearly destroyed the machine that kept Catland running and healthy and clean. Now cats of all colors, they gathered together. They built stronger bonds, much harder to sever. They'd learned a big lesson these wonderful cats, to stand up to bullies and watch out for rats. And even when angry, they work as a team to care for each other and save the machine. Today, no cat cares where that faker has gone. What matters is that cats of Catland live on. They know what it takes to keep Catland afloat. They, sorry, I get really emotional. That's, I can understand. They use the machine and they get out and vote. I'll read that last stanza again. Okay. Today, no cat cares where that faker has gone. What matters is that cats of Catland live on. They know what it takes to keep Catland afloat. They use the machine and they get out and vote. That is uh, wonderful. And I, I love the book and I love the message. I, I'm wondering about a lot of things. Uh, one is, how is this going to get out there? I mean, I know of some people who are going to read it and they may not see anything in it because they're in bed with one or the two sides. And uh, uh, I'm just assuming that there will be some, uh, I don't know, kickback on this. Are you anticipating anything at all? Or have you had any yet? Look, I, I think we have tried to be um, as balanced as possible. We, we clearly come down on the side of, of feeling that there is a threat to the machine. And I feel that that's a threat to democracy. There will be people that disagree with us. But we try to make very clear in this book that there are a lot of people that wanted a strong leader. And we, do, we try to be respectful of that. There are people that want to change in this society. And, and what we see now is that there's, there's a lot of different ways that one can create change. But one way to create change is to completely destroy the machine. And that's where we come down with a very, we come down quite comfortably saying we, we do not believe in that change. 
We do not believe in change that completely destroys the machine. And that's why we believe that anyone that cares about the machine can be a red cat or a blue cat or a purple cat or a calico cat. We, we, we care about the machine. We know there are people that will disagree with that because they say that the lion is terrific. We, we respectfully disagree, and we know that for those people, that's not a message they're willing to hear. And I don't, I don't think we can be any more clear that we, that we are trying not to be partisan here. We, are, we, we, care about, we care about the machine. So, yeah, we know there will be people that disagree. But I do want to say that when we wrote this book, we reached out to people on all sides of the political aisle to make sure that, that the voice that we, that we brought forward was not just the voice of, you know, left-wing people that were saying, everything's a disaster. We really, really tried to make sure that this had as much of a unifying message as one can have right now. I don't know how you could have been more objective and got a message across for one thing. What is, I'm sorry, Terry. Um, <laughs> uh, I was just going to say that I love the ending, the fact that it's just vote. And that is the strongest message that we can get out to anybody in any circle. And it is the fact that we need to vote. We need more people to vote. That's just extremely important. Do you, you, I'm sure that you know, Susan, that this is 100 years of, of the 19th um, Amendment just a couple days ago. So um, it's our women's centennial that we have the right to vote, and we should be voting. That's actually a really good point. We actually forgot to kind of talk about that. Thank you for reminding us, Terry. That's, that's really a useful thing for us to, to, to kind of promote. Uh, Josh, did you have any, uh, after reading the book, did you have any uh, input at all? Or you say, well, I think we should do this. Was there any argument between the two of you over this? Uh, <laughs> uh, look, to, for marital bliss, I won't uh, <laughs> relitigate the arguments. Uh, you know, but, but often people ask, you know, how do we collaborate? You know, where do the ideas right. come from? You know, how does it work from, you know, nothing to actually getting a book out? And, you know, one of the things I like to always say is, you know, Susan and I are opposites in a lot of ways. Uh, and it includes uh, the way that we work on uh, putting the book together. And what I always say is, you know, we, we've learned after 20 years together how to communicate. So the, uh, the, 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 that oppositeness doesn't necessarily, you know, drive us apart, but really helps us look and uh, get different views consistently that we hadn't thought of. Uh, and so, as Susan had mentioned, you know, we're, we tend to be, when we're writing and illustrating the book, really collaborative, where Susan will obviously do most of the writing, I'll do most of the illustrating. Throughout the entire uh, process, you know, we'll go back and forth. So, you know, at the very beginning when we're trying to think of, you know, what do we even want to write about, you know, what kind of theme and so forth, you know, we'll decide that together. Susan will often take a, a first cut at the book, you know, I'll come back in and uh, make some suggestions, you know, and we'll go round about through several rounds like that. And it's the same for the illustrations. You know, I'll come up with ideas. Ah, you know, here's what it'll look like. Here's kind of how, you know, I'll present it. And then, you know, I'll present that to Susan all the way from, you know, kind of pre-illustration where I'll just, you know, page by page write down like a little paragraph of what I think the illustration should be about 
all the way to where it's just stick figures and sketches and paintings. You know, a great example is the lion. You know, I had the whole thing uh, kind of drawn and painted, and she came back and was like, nah, I'm not so sure of the lion. <laughs> At the time, you know, he looked a little bit different. He had like a little snaggle tooth. He had a, a bit more of a sleepy eye, droopy eye, eyelid look and so forth. And she's like, nah, I don't think that does it, you know. And so we, you know, based on the conversation we had, which was a bit robust, uh, you know, because I quite liked the way the lion looked at that point. Uh, you know, in the end, we changed it up uh, a bit. So, you know, it was quite uh, collaborative and interactive, you know, all the way through from the writing to the paintings. I did want to mention one thing that happened late on is originally the book wasn't quite so specific about what is happening at this moment in our in our history. And it was only about six weeks ago, is that right? That we just thought what is happening right now is so important, we need to be writing about it. This is the time to write about what is happening. So the, the verse about then sickness descended and many cats died, the original version of the book had nothing referencing COVID. I was wondering about and that. added that after Josh had drawn every single page and in, in, in doing that, he had to then write in. There's a, I, I know that you guys will be able to put things up sort of after this is over. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Josh was able to draw the, the cats in the corner hugging each other. Mm -hmm. um, you know, um, his actions robbed cats of their health and their dreams. So there's a, there's a beautiful, and he added it in late, there's just a beautiful, in the, in the side of the picture, there's a beautiful cat family hugging each other. And then he drew a mask on one of the protesters. That, that, that was literally in the last six weeks we did that. And I will say, you know, we've self-published this book. The reason that we need a Kickstarter campaign is because we're self-publishing. There's no way we could have thrown in a COVID uh, verse if we'd been gone through a traditional publisher. Right. We would have had to be nine months ago. Yeah. So, you know, we, 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 we suffer for not having uh, a traditional publishing agent but we have absolutely no regrets because we've been able to add in things, things like that. Yeah. And you sure couldn't have gotten it in by, you know, uh, election time if you had uh, sent it out to be published, that's for sure. So, um, your beautiful children, how are they and how do they like the book? Thank you for asking. I think for them, the book, they love our books. I think they are not as excited about this one because... Um, we are, <laughs> every time they want to talk to their father on FaceTime, I'm usually talking to him about the book. <laughs> <laughs> so I think they're a little bit fed up with our discussions about it. Mm -hmm. But they, they understand the message. They care very deeply about a message of unity, about a message of, of moving forward with hope. And um, I think they're, they're going to be really happy to get their hands on a copy of it. And is the university accepting of your book? That is a great question, and I will tell you the truth, which is I have broadcasted this book to everyone I know except my university colleagues. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, think, I think that there is a very unfortunate taboo against um, university professors doing things in other spheres other than academia. And that's not something that's necessarily looked, looked, it's looked down on a little bit. Yeah. 
Now, I feel quite the opposite. I think writing children's books, policy papers, newspaper articles is the most important thing. The research, while not important, is secondary to getting the word out there. Um, well, it's not the research is, but the academic research, academic publications are secondary. You know, the amount um, of experience you're growing as a result of this to where the next project, and I've already got your next project, if you don't mind. Uh, you know, we need to know the kids, everybody, adults, need to know about the machine. We've got a 200-plus-year-old constitution out there. It's not laws. It's rules of how to do laws and stuff. And just... Yesterday, uh, Susan, I was, uh, you know, on YouTube somewhere, and I was listening to this girl. She was so angry, and she was talking about how fascism was going to, you know, take over the country. And I was saying, okay, I think I see where she's coming from. And at the end, she switched it to a uh, something <laughs> I could not believe that was so outside of the Constitution and all. Uh, it scared me. And there is so much of that around. Now, if you did such a book, I think it would have to take several volumes of it, but, uh, mm. uh, and you might have to go from cats to dogs and donkeys and elephants. I don't know, but that would be a good, good look for you. Um, I did want to give Josh a chance to talk about the drawing of the machine because I, I, I spoke about, I, I wrote the book and I had described the machine, the thousands of levers and the dust before Josh even put pen to paper. But, I mean, one of my favorite pages in the book is the page where Josh drew the machine fully. And that is not just for children, that page. That is a page that has beautiful little references to what the machine really means, to what democracy really is. And Josh, I'd love you to talk about, maybe you don't want to give every little piece of it away, but a little bit. Uh, yeah, thanks, Susan. So, you know, as we had alluded to earlier uh, in the conversation, uh, you know, one of the things that we really wanted to do with uh, this particular book was to have it operate on uh, multiple levels. You know, at its core, it's just a straight-up children's book about uh, bullying, uh, and it can be read like that. Uh, but what we also wanted to have was something that was you know, a lot richer, that it uh, referenced the different literary references, it, uh, you know, touched on different contemporary uh, political themes. And, you know, we do that both in the text, but also in the illustration, you know, and one of the things that we've uh, done in all three of our books that, you know, we, we, we tend to find children tend to like the most is when you put in little hidden references into the illustrations, uh, the kids really love that, you know, where, where is this, where is that, can you find this and that? And what we really did in this particular book was, you know, we had a conversation about what were some of the different literary and contemporary political themes that we really thought were really important in the driving uh, to this time that we're living through right now. And we wanted to include uh, those either explicitly or as an homage or as a kind of a little bit of a sleight of hand where you had to look for it. But, uh, you know, as Susan mentioned, we, we have a few pages that, you know, we really show the machine kind of either close up or from a distance. But, you know, for people who are, uh, you know, kind of a, a political aficionados, you know, if you take a close look at a lot of those pictures, you know, you'll, you'll see different uh, parts of uh, different parts of our democracy, whether it's 
a formal part like the three branches of government uh, being represented in there, uh, you know, or if it's uh, just little informal parts or expressions or, you know, ways that the system tends to operate. Uh, so, for example, you know, you often hear about back scratching. You know, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours, you know, is, is, is a key theme in uh, politics to kind of make the world go round, get uh, legislation passed and so forth. You know, and so if you take a look at the machine close up, you'll find, you know, there's a little widget on there that is scratching uh, people's uh, backs kind of around and around it goes. You know, where it stops, nobody knows, but it's uh, the, the back scratching just goes on and on and on. Uh, you know, so if you take a look, there's lots of little references like that, you know, uh, hidden around. Uh, you know, for the machine, it happens to, you know, denote uh, different bits of our democracy, our institutions, you know, our politics, uh, you know, if you look at the book as a whole throughout the different uh, illustrations, you know, you'll find all sorts of uh, homages to, you know, Susan had mentioned, uh, you know, updating some classic fables like the emperor has no clothes, you know, or referencing different uh, literary classics like uh, Orwell's uh, Animal Farm, you know, and so what we really tried to do was take a lot of those themes that we really thought were uh, pertinent, you know, and put them in you know, either to the text or the illustrations or both, uh, you know, and so a lot of them are kind of hidden. You may not really realize they're there until you start looking for them. But, uh, you know, if you're looking for them, it's a little bit of a fun game. You know, how many of these can you find? And, you know, you can kind of, as a, as a parent, uh, talk to other parents who have read this book who may be interested in politics and say, it's like, ah, you know, did you see this? Do you think this means something? You know, you know, kind of a, have that as a, a neat conversation. Yeah. You didn't stick Waldo in there anywhere. <laughs> yeah, you know that was kind of that idea. Where's Waldo? But yeah. uh, where's the uh, where's the political references? Well, I can't wait <laughs> the to get version. my book. I did not uh, pick up on all of those. I um, that is why I think the book should be read to children by their parents and their grandparents, their aunts and their uncles, because I think that the references are so much for adults as much as they are for children. And I think somebody said, and I don't know if it was you, Susan, that it should be a coffee table book as well. And and I, I, I know I'm going to get a few to uh, give to people because I, I was that touched by the book. I um, am very, very happy that you both agreed to come on the show with us. And I uh, wondered if you had any parting thoughts now that um, the book's out there, school is started. At least it has here. I don't know about Sydney, but school has started, and much of school is remote, online, e-school, or whatever the term is. And this book would be a tremendous asset for that. So yeah, I mean, thank you, you so much for your your faith in it. We 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 poured our our concern about the, the direction of our country into this book. We, we want it out there in the world. Um, of course, we would love any of your um, viewers to go to the website. You can just Google, you can put into search engine um, Kickstarter and Catland, and it would come up. And also, I'm sure you've got some social media savvy people. We're trying to make it go viral. So... If you um, tweet about it, you can tweet anything that has hashtag pull the thread and hashtag Catland. And um, 
you know, then and then a, a Kickstarter link if possible. That's our way of trying to get it out there in the world. We 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 want this message out there in the world. We we care deeply about American democracy, and we if we can play some small part in in helping, then then we are then we feel really really good about that. How have you recognized that Australians view us? today, and I know you don't know all Australians, but what kind of, whatever they realize where you're from and all, what feedback do you get? Um, that's a great question, Mark. It's, it is hard to say. There is a certain, when people sort of hear that we're from America, often they're so excited. Oh, where did you grow up? Oh, I visited one day. That's amazing. Often their favorite movies are from America or they they had a visit. And, you know, it's not just like, oh, I, I'll say I'm from New York and I'll say, oh, I love New York. But just as often, someone will say, oh, I went to Disneyland or I had a great time in California or the mountains of, of the national parks are remarkable. I mean, it's, 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 it's not, it is not uncommon that we get that, that sense of admiration. Um, also in the university environment, certainly someone will have a step up from having gone to a very good American university school. But I would not be lying if I did not say that more recently there has been a shift. And I, I'm, I'm sad to say it, but what I, what I experience is people now look at the United States as a failing country. I know that sounds dramatic. I, I'm, I'm sad to say it, but it is the truth. It is what what happened to that place? What is going on there? How did gun laws get out of control? How did or or how 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 did it come to be that guns play such a dangerous role in society? I know that's a political thing to say. I'll give you the chance to edit it out later if you want me to. <laughs> but I do I do just want to say that it, it, this is not just me sort of saying this. There is a conversation here. There was a, a gun um, massacre many years ago in Australia. And the next day, Australia changed the laws. And now the gun, the gun laws are far more strict here. So that, that literally happened overnight. That was something that happened many years ago. Yeah. I also see, just going to pause if you want to edit all that out. I also see that people are wondering what, what is happening in the United States right now that it, it feels like people are in a, in a position where it's, it's harder for them to actually say how they, how they feel, where protesting publican, publicly can potentially be dangerous. Um, I mean, in truth, yes, there are. My, I, I see Australians asking questions about what is happening to the great United States right now. Josh, parting words? Yeah, just to forward on what Susan was saying, you know, I see it a little bit different. I see it more as, uh, you know, Australians look at America with essentially, you know, two lenses simultaneously. You know, one is like Susan had mentioned, you know, that admiration is like, ah, you know, the land of, you know, Disneyland or, you know, all sorts of great stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, but they, I think, also look at it a little bit in terms of, uh, you know, a bewilderment in terms of the excess, you know, in terms of like, wow, you go to a restaurant and the portions are this big, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, how can that be? 
you know, and, and it cuts across uh, everything, you know, wh whether it's food, retail products, you know, kind of the politics and so forth. You know, it's this disbelief of how can things go from, you know, what we consider kind of normal to just be supersized for everything, whether it's, you know, product or whether it's kind of the, the politics and the discourse. Uh, you know, so there's a, a little bit of the, you know, it, it's not a love-hate relationship. I think it's more of a love-bewilderment relationship almost uh, that they have. But, uh, you know, as Susan had mentioned, you know, really beyond uh, the, the, the book itself, which we really believe in, is the message uh, that the book is trying to uh, promote, which, you know, we've summed up with that uh, hashtag pull the thread, uh, you know, where everything comes together under the, you know, wanting to protect democracy, wanting to have, you know, real leaders, not just politicians, but leaders who have, you know, the, a, a good moral compass. And because of that can take uh, actions that, you know, people believe in that uh, are, are good for democracy. Uh, you know, and that's obviously everyone has a different idea of what that would be, uh, you know, but uh, for us, you know, a lot of it is around, uh, uh, you know, human decency, kind of that golden rule, you know, how would you like to be treated? And that should serve as a way for, you know, how we treat, uh, frankly, everybody else, you know, as a starting point. So, you know, trying to get that message out there, you know, hashtag pull the thread, uh, as well as the book uh, on uh, Kickstarter with uh, Catland. Okay. And, you know, we are going to put on the screen how they can get hold of the book or the best way to get hold of Catland. Uh, but uh, while it's <laughs> flashing in front of their eyes right now, tell me uh, how I would do it. I've already done it, but uh, how, how would we get hold of the book, these people out there right now? Uh, you can go to Kickstarter and just uh, search on Catland or go to any search engine and type in Kickstarter and Catland and it will come up. Okay. And Josh, you just said that, but I, I am, uh, yeah, I've got uh, Catland problems. You don't mind repeating it. Yeah. <laughs> well, Terry, you did so if this, good. I should just mention if this, sorry, oh, if this airs after the Kickstarter campaign is over, uh, you can still, at that website, it will still direct you where you can buy it after that. Okay. And if anybody says they would like to turn this into an actual video, uh, Josh, I know it's going to take you a lot of time, but y'all need to uh, grab it that chance because that, uh, that would be very, very good. I am. In well, I, I am so thrilled that Susan and Josh were here today, aren't you? I am. So nice I, of y'all to show up. I, I really, that. really think that perhaps you should come back again and perhaps talk about the first book that that you guys wrote. I think that would be awesome. But for um, right now, this is uh, Terry Woods. I don't want anybody worrying about me. <laughs> and Mark Hader. And from all the way out there in Australia, uh, goodbye, uh, Susan. You were, you're a peach. Hey. Josh, you're just down the street. But, buddy, you're super. We that's, appreciate your help. That's just awesome. Everyone does. And Thank you so much for giving us the chance. Texas Storytellers brought to you by Woodlands Online. You can watch this show on Woodlands Online, our Roku channel, over the air on KUQTHD21. You can listen to this on woodlandsonline.com slash podcast or iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, 
or just watch it on woodlandsonline.com. And while you're at it, we could use a sponsor. Ooh, Bye. yeah. Even from Australia. We'll check you guys next week, ladies and gentlemen. Goodbye, Terry. Goodbye, Mark. Mm -hmm.